What is up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking with Steph Iliff. I am so excited for this podcast and to be bringing it to you every single week to be just talking about all the things that life has to offer us, right? I'm hoping that I can bring you some insights, some laughter, some amazing interviews with some awesome powerhouses who have let go of fear, who have totally stepped into themselves, who are living their best life so you can learn from them. I want to be talking to you every single week as well about different things that are going on in my life as a self-love coach, as a mom, as a woman, as someone who is dating and like the whole dating scene and how it's so important that we date with self-love so we don't ruin our own self-love, how to create, you know, amazing habits that truly stick with you for a lifetime so you become your best self, so you can become your inner powerhouse and how to just let go of fear and fully step into you. So every week I'm going to be bringing you different topics that align with that, different interviews with different amazing people. And we're just going to be talking about it and having the best time. So thank you so much for joining in to Just Talking with Steph Island. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Talking today. Today, you guys are just talking with me. I'm going to talk to you about how self-love is my happy drug. And I say that because I think we live in this world. I actually, I know we live in a world, right? of instant gratification, where we all want a happy pill just to be happy. I mean, obviously, right, pharmaceutical industry is like a billion, trillion dollar industry. We all want some sort of easy fix. We all want some sort of easy solution. Like, oh, I'll be happy if I make $100,000 right now in the second, then I would finally be happy. But would you? Because it, why is that what's going to bring you happiness? Why can't you just be happy right now in this moment? And that that $100,000 then glorify your happiness, right? We, we live in this world where we, we can't even wait for like seven, seven business days to get something in the mail. That just seems like absurd. So for example of this, I was looking up something today and it said like the fastest it could get here was in five business days. And I was literally like flabbergasted. I'm like, I'm sorry, you want me to wait five business days. We live in a world of Amazon where you can get it the same day, right? Like, and so we live in this world of we want this fix, we want it now, what's the happy pill, what's the drug, what, what's gonna, what is it, right, we want it now, 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 like that little commercial, like, I want my money, and I want it now, but we're all throwing these little temper tantrums, our little fits of what we say, like, I want this, and then I'll be happy, and we all want it instantly, but there is not anything in life that you get instantly, are you fully happy with long term, this, there just isn't, like, try and tell me. Tell me something that is only instant gratification that you get so easily that you just get gifted to you, maybe. Like, it, you don't love it the same, right? Um, anything in life. Like, if you had to work really hard for it, even if it was something that you don't really love, you love that you were willing enough to put in the work to get it. That you were willing enough to be dedicated enough to yourself to achieve it. The hardest things in life are the best things in life, right? And so it's so odd that we live in a world where we want everything now when we know the things that we're so dedicated to and that we're willing to wait really long for, and that long can change from time to time, but the things that you're willing to put in the work for and stick with it and be consistent, when you finally get to have that, you know that those are your biggest accomplishments. Those are the things that make you the most proud of yourself, the happiest about yourself, the ones that really make you like get like chills when you think about it because you're like, hell yeah, like, I can't believe I did that, right? And that's what self-love is. That's what being happy is, is being willing to do the work every single day consistently to work on you 
to choose you, to choose happiness, to choose joy, to choose the heart route, to choose what that's going to look like and feel like every single day consistently. There's not this going to be this super quick, easy fix. Like, it's like, you can't just turn on a light switch and be like, oh yeah, all my problems are gone now. Like, okay, world, what up? It takes some inner work. And I think that's why a lot of people continue to self-sabotage because it's easier. It's so much easier to avoid. It's so much easier to shove everything in the closet, close the door and hope no one ever opens it. But guess what? You have to walk by that closet every day and you know what's in there. You know all the junk that you need to clean out of that junk drawer. And until you really do, it's always going to sit there. It's always just going to be there. No one else is going to come clean it out for you. No one else is going to organize it the way that you would organize it. No one's going to make it the way you want. And so until you actually go inside and look within, you're never going to find like full self-love and full self-happiness. And Carl Jung even says that, right? Like he who looks outward continues to, to never find pure happiness. And I'm, I'm re-verbalizing this, but when you look inward, that's when you actually find yourself. And I think that's the truth. That's the hard truth is that in order to find self-love and in order to find your happy drug, so to say, you're going to have to do the work for it. And I wish I could say, yeah, like you could do this one thing and boom, there it is. But it's not that. I think the one thing that you can do is you can choose and you can make the choice that every single day you're going to be, you're going to work on you and you're going to be your best you. And you know, you're going to fail sometimes, you know, you're going to show up short, but it's being aware to that and then choosing to do the hard thing again, over and over again, no matter what, because you want to love yourself and you're, and you're worth it and you want to have that. Right. And so for me, you know, one of the questions that I asked myself was just like, what does it look like to love yourself? What, what is self-love? And I, I would ask you to ask yourself, I invite you to say, you know, what is self-love to you? Because what it is to you is going to be different than what it may be to me. But what self-love to me is, is that you really fully love you, all of you, especially your wounds, especially the things that you feel like make you really ugly. And I'm not talking about ugly, like physically, I'm talking about, we carry these, this bag of weight around with us constantly of all of our mistakes of all the things that we failed in all the things that we aren't good enough um and it, it could be way back from way back in the day when you made some stupid silly mistake and you're still carrying that around with you and we're choosing to carry all this weight around with us constantly that's telling us we're not good enough we're never going to amount to anything you know you're not smart enough you're not strong enough you're not talented enough you're not fast enough you're not dedicated enough all these things that we tell ourselves that make us not love ourselves until we can go inside and we can deal and say, you know what, where, where is this coming from? Where, who, who's telling me this? Who is they, who, who is the they? I would still love to know who they is when we always say, well, they, they said I should live this way. They say I should look like this. They should, they say they, who is they? And why are we basing your worth and your love and who you are as a person on what they say and what they think? And, you know, I, I was kind of thrown off a little bit, honestly, this weekend. Um, we were getting ready to go. I took my daughter to go see Frozen. My daughter's to go see Frozen yesterday. And earlier in the week, uh, one of our little activities we did was to go find Frozen dresses for it. And Ella just loved the dress that we got. And we got it at Target. And she loved it and was, like, spinning around in it. and was just so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh. Like, all my friends are going to think I'm so cute in this dress. And I didn't even realize in that moment that she was already starting to become aware of what people thought about her and like, 
and deciding if her friends are going to think she's cute or not in this, right? And I, I wasn't, I didn't even pick that up in that moment until over the weekend. So then we're getting ready to go and I'm putting this, the dress on her and she's like, oh, I don't want to wear this. Like, what if all my friends aren't wearing the same dress? And all of a sudden she started to get worried about what her friends are going to think of her in this outfit. And I, I was like, what am I like, being? What are you worried about right now? What are, you, what are you so worried about? She's like, oh, I just don't know if my friends are going to like this dress. I'm like, do you like this dress? She's like, yeah. I'm like, do you, how does it make you feel? She's like, I love it. I'm like, then that's all that matters. It just matters what you feel about you. It doesn't matter what they think or what who anybody else is. You just got to remember that you love this and that how it made you feel. And that's all. And remember that you're perfect just the way you are. And she's like, okay, mom. And she's just super stoked, right? But it was in that moment that I realized is that, you know, at such a young age, we start to decide who we're supposed to be and what happy looks like or what, how we're supposed to show up in the world. And we base our self-love off that, off how others approve of us or not. And we're constantly seeking out this approval of others. And when we don't get it, we act out and we self-sabotage and we may not show up as who we really want to be or who we created to be because we're seeking this external um, approval, right? rather than inward approval and rather than just knowing that you are enough, no matter what, that if you love that dress and you feel like a, you feel like a million dollars in that dress sister. And that's what she felt like. Then why can you not still rock it that way? Why are you not, why are you letting someone else's judgment of you jump into that when you felt like the best you until you step into the world for two seconds. And it's my job as a mother to help her be her no matter what, and to know that she's perfect no matter what. And when I had Ella, that started me in my self-love journey because I didn't love me after I had her. I was trying to figure out who the hell I was as a mom. Like, what? How, no one gave me a pamphlet. No one tested me and said I was okay to be a mom, that I was fit to be a mother. Like, it just, like, like yeah, anybody can be a mom. And no one gave me a manual. They just gave me a child and said, here, take her home, figure out how, how to feed her with your boob and like, make sure she stays alive. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, okay, cool. All I knew up to that point was what I had learned about life was to teach her. And luckily, I mean, you have like a village, right? You have like your support system to help you with raising a children, a child, whatever. But I, that was like where I first didn't know if I love myself and who I was as a mom. And I struggled with that in my head. And that was when all these thoughts of like, I wasn't enough and can I be enough, like really blew up in my head. And it's like, all of a sudden you're responsible for someone else, right? And I hadn't even figured out how to be responsible enough for me still. And so, you know, that was, it's, it's understanding. I really think self-love is that it's a practice constantly with that. And that it was, it's being aware of what you really think about you and how you really want to think. And I knew that I wanted to be happy. I knew I wanted to love myself. I knew I wanted to be able to teach that. I knew what that, what that in my head, what that looked like. And that's what I wanted. And so I started focusing on the feeling that I wanted rather than the feeling that I was having. And the feeling was I wanted to feel peace. I wanted to feel, I wanted to feel like a million bucks no matter where I went. I wanted to feel like I loved myself. I knew that that, that was going to be hard and I had to go inward, right? And I had to deal with so much in order to find real happiness because it's super easy to fake being happy. It's super easy to pretend like everything's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But it's not all fine. And until you really start to deal with all that, you can't be like real happy because you're carrying all this other weight around still that says you're not enough or these little moments that happen and these little things that, that are in your head still that you haven't actually dealt with. And so 
going inward and dealing with like, okay, where is this coming from? Why do I not feel like I'm enough and understanding what I actually thought about myself and realizing all this, all these things I was just carrying around with me when I was able to let that go. I started to really learn how to love myself. And the biggest part of that was learning how to trust myself and learning how to keep a, a commitment to myself, learning how to keep a promise to myself. If I said I was going to do something, I wanted to do it. Now, when I say that, I, if I said I was going to go to work, I'd go to work, right? And I, if I was going to be on time, I was going to be on time for work. Like that, it, was ne- it was never hard for me to fully show up for others in that sense. But in order for me to fully show up for me, like I keep my word to me, it was impossible. And I could not feel happy with myself until I learned how to do that. And that was like the biggest, biggest and fastest, I would say the fastest drug in order for you to love yourself is to start to keep promises to yourself. It's to start to really commit to something and follow through with it, no matter what. And so that was what I did. I wanted to love myself. And so I followed through with it. I did the work every single day to work on me. Then instead of avoiding all my problems, which was what my go-to tendency was, it was I'm like, I'll just avoid it. Like I will shove this all in the closet. Nobody can ever know. I'll pretend like I'm fine. I'll just smile. And I will just, just, I'm just going to go through life and it'll just be fine. Right. And that wasn't fine. It wasn't working. And so when I had to really sit there and be like, okay, if I really want to love myself, I'm going to have to really do the work on this and really dive in to figure out why don't I love myself? And it's because I kept breaking all these promises to myself. Like I said, so like for an example of this, I'm like, okay, today, you know, I'm going to use a diet with this because it's super simple. And I think if anybody can relate to it is, you know, today you're not going to eat chocolate. And then literally two seconds later, I'd pull into work and someone would have a chocolate donut and I would eat the donut. And I'd be like, well, I justify it in my head. Well, they brought this donut. They were so nice. They wanted to give me this donut, blah, 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 blah. No, Stephanie, no, you're lying to yourself. Really, you just can't even keep a promise to yourself, right? And so what happened is this negative self-talk cycle would go on. And I'd say, really, you can't even keep this promise to yourself. We're 10 minutes into the day. You've already had a donut. You've already broken your word to yourself. Like, of course, that's why you can't show up in life. Of course, this is why you can't have what you want to have. Of course, this is why you don't love yourself. Of course, this is why you're always going to look like this. Whatever, right? So, like, I would go into this terrible downward spiral in my head from, from, from not keeping one promise to myself. That would, be, that would ruin me. It would, and it would make me not be happy. It would make me be so mean to me inside my head. And people who were able to keep their word to themselves. So like, I'm going to use the same example with this. When you see someone who is able to stick to their diet or who goes to the gym every day and no matter what, and it would be these other moms, right? And they would go to the gym and they would stick to their diet and they would put their kids in the kids' daycare. Um, You know, they would skip out on going out with friends because they had a meal prep maybe or something, or, you know, they wouldn't drink alcohol or whatever it is. And I would judge them or make fun of them be like, oh yeah, you're going to have to have your meal prep. Oh oh, yeah, you're going to eat your chicken and rice. Oh really? You think it's okay to take your kid to daycare so you can go to the gym? Like I would gossip about it and I would speak bad about them behind their back around that. And I realized it was all because I was seeing this dedication to themselves that I was so afraid of having or ever achieving. And so a way for me to lie to myself was just to, to say like, oh yeah, they're a bad mom because of that you know, they're a bad wife because of that and, and lie to myself and to judge that rather than get to know them or get to know that. And it was really because I didn't have that same discipline for myself. I couldn't keep those promises to myself. I couldn't keep that discipline to myself. So of course I'm going to judge someone else who can do it. 
rather than instead be like, hey, would you teach me? Like, I love this quality in you. I think it's so awesome that you are so able to be committed to that. And that was one of the steps in my journey that I learned was to not judge other people and to not compare. And God, that was so hard. Uh, it's still so hard. It's uh, it, this is self-love is a practice. This is a practice that you have to work on every single day because you're human. You're still going to fail. You're going to show up in areas that, in your life and be like, wait, shit, that is not how I wanted to show up that way. Why did I just do that? And then the beauty of that is that you just saw that. That's the gift. That's the awareness. And then you have to go and quickly make that amends and you do it. Then you take that action. You don't just stop. You, you do it. You fulfill it, right? That's the commitment to yourself. You follow through with it. But so one of the biggest things I had to learn was how to keep a promise to myself because I realized every time I didn't keep a promise to myself, I would spiral in my head and go to this negative spot in my head and say, I'm not worth it. And then I would continue to self-sabotage because I was so mad at myself for breaking the first promise. I'd break all these other promises and it'd just be this continuous downward cycle. And it was just, it was terrible. It was so terrible. And I had been self-sabotaging for years and years and years. And so when I learned like, hey, you know what, if you could just keep one commitment to yourself, if you could just have delayed gratification for once, Stephanie, like, man, you would be really proud of yourself. You would really know what you're capable of. You could really stick it, stick it out, right? Because there have been times where I'd be like, oh yeah, like I'm going to stop drinking. Like I hate what it does to my body. Y'all, y'all have been there. You've all been hungover. And on that toilet, throwing up, and the tile's cold, and you're like on the tile, like you're like laying on it because it feels so good because you feel so sick, and you're like, oh God, I swear, dear Lord, baby Jesus, like I will never drink again. Just make me feel better, please. Just make me feel better. But you then you feel better, and then somehow you forgot about that, and you still go drink again, right? And you're like, oh wait, like of course not. Like we don't even keep that promise. We don't we don't even keep that promise. We're literally on our deathbed begging God for mercy to make us feel better. And you still go and drink the next weekend. Like that, that, this is what I'm saying. Like we don't keep commitments to ourselves, right? And it's even commitments like, oh yeah, I'll be on time. And then you're 10 minutes late. It's commitments like speaking your truth, like saying, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be there at 6.30 and then someone calls you at 6.30 and you're in the car and you're on your way and you're like, oh yeah, I, I'm almost there. Instead of just saying, you know what, actually what really happened is this is, I was running late because of whatever. I'm on my way. It's just little things like that. Like with speaking your truth, it's just making that commitment. That's the self-discipline is to, is that, is keeping your word to yourself and to others. Right. Um, and like, and that's integrity. That's why that became my rule. Number one of life is, is do you do everything with integrity? Because I realized that I was showing up half-assed in so many areas of my life rather than 100% because I was lying to myself and not keeping the promises to myself that I was doing that in so many other areas of my life. Because if you're showing up small in one area, you're showing up small somewhere else. It's not like it's just in one spot. If you're half-assing it in one area of your life, you're half-assing it somewhere else. And so it's asking yourself that and figuring that out. And that was where I was like, I'm just not okay with that. I'm not okay with being that kind of a person. I want to have the utmost integrity. I want to believe in myself. I want to trust myself. I want to love myself. And when I thought and, and said, like, when are, when are the times that I felt that? When are the times that I really loved myself? And I was so proud of myself. And it wasn't just for a moment. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I got this promotion. I feel really proud of myself now for this small moment in time. It was the things that I really, really, really worked hard for. Um, you know, when I graduated college, I have my associate's degree 
And I'm not going to say my, just my associate's degree or just from slick. I hate when people say that because no, you still put in time. You still put in effort. Why are you minimizing an accomplishment? Like that still took you. It was hard, right? I worked full time as a manager and I went to school full time. Like, and I was a wife that was hard. And that was something that I was very proud of myself for a, because I was a terrible student in high school. I was the worst student. I did not get good grades. It was a very hard for me to get good grades. I did not learn that way. It was an, and a, because I was on drugs in school and I was just there to party and have the time of my life. So that was also part of the problem, right? Again, self-sabotage behavior, but I was proud of myself for that because I really put in the time to learn. I like really put in the time to get good grades. I paid for my college. Like it was something that made me proud of myself. because I stuck to something for two years. Right. And so when I did that, I was proud of myself because it was something I stuck to. I've helped clients read a book who haven't been able to, who haven't finished a book. Right. And I, I would love to invite you on that. When's the last time you actually finished a book? Can you even keep those kind of commitments to yourself? Right. We don't realize what keeping the commitment, keeping your word to yourself really means in all assets of life. Like, like I said, if you're, if you're half-assing it somewhere, you're half-assing it somewhere else. And so and I knew that. I knew I wasn't living up to my potential. I knew I wasn't being the happiest I could be. I knew I wasn't being the best I could be. I could, because I had felt moments in my life where I was my best, where I was on fire. Like no one could stop me, but it was only moments. Like I didn't know how to keep that propeller on. I didn't know how to keep pushing through it because what would happen is, is I would get so close to like really achieving so much greatness that it would honestly scare the shit out of me. And so I was self-sabotage and I did not even realize it in that moment until I learned how to look within. Right. So learning how, how to trust myself. And so I was like, okay, when I, when I trust myself, this is what it feels like. And it's when I've done something that was really hard. And so I decided that I was going to actually fall through with one of my promises that I made to the, the drinking gods and stop drinking. And so when I stopped drinking, I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to drink any alcohol for 90 days. And I did it over summer, which can I tell you was so hard, right? I did it after we, uh, me and all my best girlfriends, we went out for my friend, her, for her bachelor bachelorette party uh weekend we went to california and i drank so much there was terrible i mean there was i think it was 12 of us girls and we finished a keg in a day like it, two days it was terrible we just we drank so much and it was like it was like the best way for me to go out for having that like the last time of, of me drinking because i made a fool of myself and it was great and it was the best time so hungover right but i made that choice and i knew that when i came home i wasn't gonna drink anymore and it was just i was over it i was done because every time I would make these promises to myself I wasn't going to drink anymore. Or I would make promises of what my weekend was going to look like, right? So like, okay, I'll go out on Friday night and Saturday. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to go get all this stuff done. Like I was going to be productive. I was going to go read. I was going to go try new things. I was going to try new hobbies, but I'd be too hungover and I wouldn't do it. So I wasn't keeping my promises to myself because I was self-sabotaging myself and I was doing things that weren't good for me, right? And so I wanted to keep this promise to myself of not drinking because I knew what it would open up for me. I knew what giving up something would change for me. And I really believe the only way that you can honestly give up something is just to change the habit. You're changing a habit for a habit. And so I stopped drinking and instead I started working out and I started running. So I gave up drinking. I gave it up for 90 days and now I still haven't drank. I have tried wine since and I'm just not into it. Like I don't feel like that's something that I need in my life. And so I haven't drank for a year and a half. 
and it's great. And it's opened up so much and so much for my life. And giving that up was one of the hardest things that I did in that moment, I thought, right. But that, that gratification, like to me, that is like the, one of the best things ever. Cause what I gave up is what I offered in offered the, the happy drug, right. I offered in so much time for me to actually keep my promises to myself. I went on so many hikes. I went on so many adventures. I learned how to mountain climb. I learned how to, I learned how to get out of my shell. I got out of so many different fears. I tried so many new hobbies. I tried soccer. I tried pickleball and I would never have done any of these things before. I kept my actual commitments. If I said I was going to go hiking with someone, I went hiking. I showed up. If I said I was going to go on a coffee date on a Sunday, I wasn't too hungover to not go. If I said I was going to go to my grandma's house, I was actually at my grandma's house and not calling her and be like, Oh, I'm sick. I can't call. Like it was, I kept my word. And you want to know what that did for me is it made me feel so happy about me. It made me love me. It made me be like, Hmm, what else can I do? And that was what, and so I was like, well, you know what? Hmm. If I'm not going to drink anymore and I'm not going to party anymore and I'm giving that life up and, and I'll be honest with you and I love all my friends and they did love me and they supported me through this. But for a moment, they were, they made fun of me. They were like, really, you're not going to drink? Like, okay, sure. We'll see that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to show you because I had never, cause I had done that. They're like, you've said that so many times. And I had, I had said that so many times that I had never followed through. And so when I really followed through, they're like, whoa, who are you? you've changed. And, and they were kind of scared. Like we went out for a girl's night and I didn't drink and I was the driver and they're like, oh, really? really? Like you're not going to drink at all? I'm like, no, I, I don't need to. Like, I don't need that. I can be me and I can have fun. And I realized that I drank so much to self-sabotage myself. And I felt like I could only fully be me when I was drunk. And so I had felt moments of me, like really being me, being super happy, but it was when I was drunk and I wanted to feel that just naturally being me. And that became a part of my self-love journey as is that right. But the point that I'm really trying to make here is that in order for you to really love yourself, you're going to have to give up maybe some things, but you're going to have to learn how to really work on you and to keep the commitment to something, to really see what you're capable of. Because when you push through the hardest things in your life, it's when you love yourself the most. It's when you grow the most. It's when you see what you're fully capable of. Think about your biggest accomplishment up to this point. And it's something that you've had to work really hard for, the things that you really loved yourself for, right? And it's just that it's like learning to keep those commitments to yourself. And so I realized like, okay, this is the, this is the recipe. This is this, the best ingredient of self-love is what I say, I'm going to do something. I do it. If I keep a commitment to myself, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it with integrity. And I'm going to do it with a happy heart. And I'm going to do it with a grateful heart. And I'm going to do it with a mindset to learn and to love and to listen. And when I started opening up like that, my whole entire life changed drastically and fast. Now I know I told you there's there's no fast solution to this, but I'm telling you, once you decide, the universe opens up, opens up doors for you and things just start to work. And it was through that self-discipline. So then I stopped drinking. I decided I, so I wanted to get into running. And at the time, this guy that I was dating, we were hanging out, I guess, whatever you want to call it, who knows, like, right. That it's like just talking, whatever. And so at that time I wasn't fully aware enough to realize what was all happening in that. Um, but we were running it and like, I'm, I'm, I'm very competitive and so he challenged me and was like, I bet you could never run a seven minute mile. And at that time I had started, or sorry, he told, he asked me, he bet, cause I'm short, right? He's like, I bet you could never run like an Olympic mile or whatever. And I was like, and then I was like, you know what, what, it's like, the, what is the fastest mile? Like what's a good mile? What's like an athletic mile? And it was a seven minute mile. And I was like, I'm going to get a seven minute mile. And I hadn't ran in forever. And so we started running. And I ran a 15 minute mile, like, excuse me, what? Like, no, like, was I walking? Basically, yeah. So 
I get on and run and I'm like, wow, it's going to be so hard to be able to get a seven minute mile. And I was like, but you know what? I'm going to do it. And he's like, okay, that's going to take so long. I'm like, no, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And it took me nine months to be able to do that. Nine months of running. You want to know how good I felt when I hit that seven minute freaking mile marker? So damn good. I love myself so much. I, I, to this day, to this day, I can feel everything when I hit that seven minute mile. And the day before I hit that seven minute mile, I was like at seven minutes and two seconds. And you want to know what? I wanted to so badly say, oh, that was good enough. That was close enough. It's taking you nine months. It's taking you nine months. Like that can be good enough. And I was so close to wanting that, to giving up and to saying that. And I didn't. I said, no. You let, girl, you promised yourself seven minutes. I don't care how long it takes you. Seven minutes is the win. And so when I finally hit that, and people at this time, so I had been posting about this. If you, if you were following me at this time, like every day I was posting like how close I was, where I was at, and I was running on my lunch breaks, right? And um, so I would go to the gym and people at work be like, it's, it's today the day, it's today you're gonna hit that seven minute mile. I'm like, I don't know, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try. And you wanna know what's cool about that? is that pushed me on the days that I couldn't run the days I didn't want to run. I knew that someone else was looking up to me. I knew that someone else was as invested in my goal as I was because I asked for that accountability. I put that out there and I was showing people that I was going to do it with integrity because that meant something to me. Right. I was going to do it no matter how long it took because I had never stuck out to things like this before. Right. Like, I, like I told you the seven minutes and two seconds was going to be good enough. It could have been good enough. And it could have been so easy to be like, well, it was seven minutes. I didn't, it was seven minutes and two seconds. I never, I never said that it had to be exactly seven minutes and zero seconds. You know how we start to justify that shit in our head. And I was like, no. Right. And so the next day I hit it literally I slammed. And if you guys have gone, you guys, some of you guys have heard the story numerous times because it's just cool. So why not? Right. But I, I finally hit that seven minute, I slammed the stop button. I go, whoa, like literally was so stoked. I high five the guy next to me. He has no idea who I am or what. I just freaking slap hands with him. Best high five. So glad we made contact because that would have been super shitty if not. Would have made the story terrible. But we hit and it's like the best high five. And I just jump off the treadmill. And I'm like, yes. And I get off and I walk away. And I, that was it. That was, that, was, that was my workout. I was done. I made it. Nine months, I freaking made it to seven minute mile. Took me so long. It felt better than anything in my entire life. Literally, like it was like the best feeling. It was the best feeling to be able to say no when people want to go out and drink and to be able to be me. It was the best feeling to say, I'm going to wake up at four o'clock every single day and I'm going to work on me for an hour every morning. Because that's the only way that I can promise myself that I will do it because I have two girls, because I'm a single mom, because at the time I was working full time, because that was the only way that it was going to work is if I started waking up at four o'clock. So if I, so I had to give up something to do that. I had to give up TV and it became so easy to give up TV because I was like, well, I want to know what it feels like to love me, not to get lost in a TV show. I want to know what it feels like to be so proud of me. Like I, when I run that seven minute mile, I want to know what that feels like every day to have that win every morning. Cause I chose to wake up at four o'clock cause I chose to keep the commitment by giving myself that hour of time to learn, to grow, to ask myself what I was thinking, to write down my thoughts and to let it out and to see how I really thought about myself. And so I could change that. So I could affirm that so I could 
I could anything if something bad came out when I was writing when I say bad it'd be like I I, I didn't realize that the, the flow of free free thought right it's so powerful and so I write down stuff and like things would just come up like oh you're just never going to be enough like you can never really achieve that and so I started to understand how I really actually thought I started to see that and so I started to, to fight those demons in my head it became this battle of like I'm like no you don't get to live in my mind. My mind that I wake up four o'clock every morning and work for, that I build into, that I put into, that I pour into, that I stop drinking, that I started eating right to fuel my mind, that I started being around people who help me fuel my thoughts, who challenge the way I think. I started reading books every day. I started watching every TED Talk possible. I wanted to consume myself with growth because I knew that the only way in life when I had to achieve something was I consumed myself with it. I became, I became obsessed with it. And when I did that, I achieved everything that I ever wanted. And I wanted to feel self-love. I wanted to love myself no matter what I wanted to heal. And so I did. And I did that by keeping my word, by keeping the commitment, by waking up at four o'clock every morning, no matter what and doing it, by learning how to meditate, by, by, by journaling, by asking hard questions, by hiring a coach, by having a coach help me, by her pushing me, her asking me questions I wouldn't ask myself. So I would sit there and deal with it and feel finally. And then I became so happy. I'm crying happy tears right now because I remember feeling so unhappy and just wishing what happy was going to be like and just knowing and knowing that it was worth it that every single day it's worth it and every single day I literally loved myself so much more because every single day that I woke up at four o'clock and I would roll out of bed and the first thing that I would see would be my vision board of the person that I wanted to be. And when I rolled out of bed and I stood up, I stood into me. I stood up for me. I stood up for loving me, for choosing me, for doing something that was hard. So I won. <laughs> I won every single morning. I figured out how to get that feeling every single morning. To feel happy, to feel proud, to love me. And it was just by choosing me, by keeping my promise to myself, by saying that I was worth it, by fighting the war inside, by having delayed gratification that no matter how long it took, I was going to do it because I was going to keep my word to myself. And I still have that same philosophy. No matter how long it takes for anything that I want in life, I will never stop. I'll never give up. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to fail or that I won't fall, but I know that I'll always get back up. I'll never stop because I found what it feels like to keep my word to myself and to love myself and to be so happy of the person that I am and proud and to live with integrity and to feel that, that I'll never go back. And through all of that, it helped me learn how to change the way I thought how to see what I'm capable of, how to be disciplined in anything that I do in life. And I know if I'm disciplined, I can get it. It taught me how to be disciplined enough to let go of shame, to let go of judgment, to let go of fear, to stop sabotaging myself. And when I do, to be disciplined enough to say, no, stop, get the help you need and don't do it. Don't be triggered by that. To help me find the gift of life through the hardest lessons, I find every single gift. Every time I fall, I find the gift. And it was just that. It was asking myself those hard questions and finding the gift of life, the gift of endurance, the gift of grit. Like, 
when you find that, you find your inner power, you find your strength, you find out what you can do. You find out how capable you are, right? And I mean, I felt the gift. Like I, I saw my gift. I never got to see that before. I never, I, I literally never used to like talking in front of people. I was my boss at the time. This was years ago, five, six years ago started making me talk in front of in meetings and I was so mad at him I would get so mad and he's like you're gonna thank me one day like what <laughs> how amazing is it that he saw a gift in me I didn't see in myself yet that he pushed me and made me do that and I started to see it I started to see it in me every time he pushed me every time I did something that was really hard that I got disciplined enough to do it it was so scary to talk in front of people but I disciplined myself enough to do it. And now look what I do. <laughs> I talk in front of people all the time. That's all that I do. That's all that I love. I couldn't imagine something different, right? Like, but it was being disciplined enough to like push myself outside of different things, getting uncomfortable, like trusting that other people can see a gift in you until you can see it in you. And then, and then doing the work to see that in you, right? And now that's all that I do. I'm like, okay, how can I be better at this? What can I do? Like teach me all the things. And it's, that's the gift is you get to learn whatever you want to learn. And it's finding just the gift in life of that, like everything that you're going through is really happening for you in that moment. Like every little thing, everything that you push yourself through that you can make happen, it was all there for me. Like it was just this, it was beautiful, right? And that became like this gift of that. And like when I was able to do that, I was able to really fully step into me because I started to love me. And so I started to see me. I started to see what I could do. I stopped hiding what I could do. I stopped dimming my light or being afraid of what other people are going to think if I talked about what I could do or what I was capable of. I started to actually love me and be happy. So self-love became my happy drug. And it's the only drug I'm ever going to do because it helps me be me. It helps me love me. And it's the best drug for you. <laughs> If I could be a drug dealer, that'd be the drug dealer I would be. And I've been a drug dealer before, and that was not the kind of drugs that I gave you. And I'm so thankful for that, for that gift to let go of that, to let go of that shame and all that guilt. And to realize that that was just a season of my life. I didn't have to keep carrying that around, right? And so it's just been beautiful. I know this has been all over the place. This is just how I talk. Um, it's just what it is, right? But really... <laughs> If you can keep the promise to yourself, if you can learn how to keep commitments to yourself, that is the root of self-love, is when you choose the hard path, when you choose you, when you do what's good for you, no matter what, when you keep your word, you keep your commitment, you will see what you are fully capable of. When you keep the commitment to working on you, no matter what, no matter what comes up, like, man, I had to deal with some past. Like, I had to go through some trenches to let go of shame and guilt. I had to make tons of amends. I had to do some really hard work that was really hard. I had had some really hard conversations with myself and with others. But every single one of those, I found a gift. Every single one of those helped me love me more. Every single one of those helped me let go of guilt and shame around me and others and helped me learn how to see the world from a completely different lens. Because when you learn to love you, you learn just to see love all around you. You learn to see the best in everybody. You learn to show up with love because you are full of love. And so you just have love to give. And I see the world so different with that, so different. And that's been the best gift of that has been just, I'm just happy, like legit, you know, and it's just powerful. So short and sweet, hard to beat. Um, Cam, thank you for giving me that little 
message that's been stuck with me for life. That's just another beautiful gift, right? So I hope you learned something today. I hope it brought you some value. I hope that you try to see, keep the commitments to yourself and that you follow through with it. Because when you do, I promise, boo-boo, you will love you. And it will become the best look on you. Because happy is the best look on anyone. Real, real happy. Not just I'm fine. But like that real deep soul fire, happy. Have the best day ever. Love you.